today on Locked on Mariners. Happy birthday, Jacqueline. Welcome to Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, I have friends with birthdays in successive days. Welcome, gang. I am D.C. Lundberg, and today we get to talk about a new era of Mariner baseball, so to speak, anyways. Today on Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on any podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin'. So simple to do and so much fun. All you gotta do is say, hey, smart device, please play Locked On Mariners podcast. Uh, this show might be on the short side for multiple reasons. For starters, I am getting a much later start than I ordinarily do, as evidenced by the fact that this show is a little late. But the main reason is that last night's game was terrible in just about every regard. However, later on in the program, there's some very exciting stuff to talk about, uh, some of which I I touched on yesterday. Not only is Jared Kelnick going to be making his Major League debut tonight, but so is Logan Gilbert. That will be the bulk of the show. But first, last night's game... I'll keep it short. Justin Dunn was a starting pitcher, and he looked pretty good in the outset. Uh, more or less fell apart soon after, however. He got into six three-ball counts and walked three in just three and a third innings, his shortest outing of the season. Will Vest followed, and he wasn't very good either. In just one and a third innings, he gave up four runs on four hits, gave up a home run to Max Muncy. Muncy had another good game, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Mariner pitching did walk four hitters, three of them by Dunn, and gave up 11 hits overall. Wyatt Mills is the only one not to allow a hit or a run. However, professional bowler Mookie Betts did reach first base against him via another J.P. Crawford throwing error. The hitting doldrums continue for the M's. Only two hits all game, both of them coming in the fifth inning. Ty France, who has just been slumping horribly lately, hit a one-out single in that fifth inning. He was advanced to second base on a Tom Murphy ground out. He was then driven in by Dylan Moore, who's also been struggling with a single. Those were the only two hits, and that did make it a 2-1 to game at that time, but the Dodgers scored four runs in the bottom of the fifth, and for all intents and purposes, it was over. Luis Arias was on the mound for LA, and he was, he was good once again. The last time out against the Mariners, he was spectacular, and while I don't know if I would go quite that far describing last night's performance, he was still very good. Seven innings, those two Mariner hits, the one run, the one walk, and he struck out six. Jimmy Nelson pitched the final two innings for Los Angeles. They were both one, two, three innings. What else can I say, gang? The problems that the M's had last night, they're nothing new. I've been talking about the offensive woes now for weeks, and now the pitching is faltering. That bullpen has just been overworked. I cannot think of any other logical explanation. Scott Servants, he has not had much choice 
with all the injuries to the rotation, but that doesn't change the fact that certain pitchers are being used too much. We saw that with Anthony Masevich two nights ago. We saw that with Will Vest last night. Rafael Montero has been inconsistent since the start of the season. And it also didn't help that Justin Dunn went only three and a third innings. Reinforcements are on the way. We'll talk about them coming up in the next couple of blocks. But first, the trivia corner. With last night's game being the crap fest that it was, and also with it being as late as it is, I have no imagination, but I need to stretch out this show so it's not 11 minutes. So I'll tell you about some of the notable players who are celebrating birthdays today following this word from the locker room. This episode is brought to you by The Locker Room, the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me now, yes, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I am now on The Locker Room. I am at Locked On Mariners, oddly enough, and I will be hosting a room once a week. You can finally join in on the conversation that you hear every day. Locker Room is a great place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself there with watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. Again, I have uh, one room every week, and you'll have a chance to chat with me as a couple of people did uh, last night. I kind of did an impromptu one uh, with the Mariners playing the Dodgers. I have a couple friends who are Dodgers fans. I'm hoping that they would jump on. One of them did. And that, of course, was Jason Hernandez, uh, host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I don't have any rhyme or reason as to when I will uh, be hosting a room. So follow me on the locker room at Locked on Mariners and you'll get a notification uh, saying that my room is live. Go download the free locker room app currently available for all iOS devices and the uh, version for Android is a beta version. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter if you've got one, and join the MLB group for the latest league news and updates. Follow me again at Locked on Mariners to be notified when my room goes live. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. On May 13th, there are a few players who have birthdays who had noteworthy or otherwise interesting careers. Jose Riojos turns 56 today. The former Reds hurler and 1990 World Series MVP was one of the better pitchers in the National League for several seasons in the late 80s and early to mid-90s before an injury sidelined him in mid-1995. He was out of baseball for several years, long enough to appear on the Hall of Fame ballot where he received a vote, but he came back to the big leagues in 2001 at the age of 36 after acquiring his Hall of Fame vote. He pitched well for the Reds in 13 games at the end of that season, no longer a starting pitcher but a reliever. His 2002 season was nothing to write home about, though, and it was his final big league season. Barry Zito is also celebrating a birthday today. He's 43. He pitched eight years in Oakland and seven in San Francisco. He won the 2002 American League Cy Young Award at the age of 24, going 23-5 with a 2.75 earned run average. He had a great curveball. And he was a typical left-handed pitcher in that he was a little offbeat. Most left-handed pitchers are a bit flaky, and in Zito's case, he was also something of a musician, and most musicians are also a bit flaky. Uh, he wore number 75 in his career, as an example. He had a, a collection of stuffed animals. His father is Richie Zito, a musician and record producer. This, the uh, senior Zito produced some great albums, including Cheap Trick's Lap of Luxury, Bad English's self-titled debut album, 
Eddie Money's Can't Hold Back, and one that you've probably never heard of, but that I highly, highly recommend, and that is Don't Come Easy by Taiketo. Also celebrating a birthday today is pitcher Chris Nickting. While he did not have a distinguished career by any means, he had kind of an odd one. He first came up with the 1995 Texas Rangers at the age of 29, but didn't fare well. He then reappeared with the Cleveland Indians in 2000 at the age of 34, but again didn't do well. In 2001, however, he put together a pretty respectable season, split between the Reds and the Rockies, then pitched one final season in Colorado in 2002 at 36 years old. Very strange career for Mr. Nickting, who turns 55 today. Coming up, a generic tease indicating that discussions on Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert are forthcoming. But first, this word from Rock Auto, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or for your classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and so easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much on the same parts? I don't see a reason to do that, so go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Mr. Joey Martin. Mr. Joey Martin? I don't know why I call him that. In any case, today begins a new era of Mariner baseball, sort of. Two top prospects will be making their major league debuts. I'll talk about them both in this segment, and then we'll get into some possible roster moves which could accommodate accommodate them, pardon me, in the next segment. We'll begin with the starting pitcher tonight, Mr. Logan Gilbert. He's a 24-year-old right-handed pitcher, just turned 24 on May 5th, by the way. He's a big guy, 6'6", 225 pounds. He throws a mid-90s fastball, a changeup, a curve, and a hard slider. In 2019, he split the season between three different levels, the uh, A level, Advanced A, and Double A, where he had a, had a combined earned run average of 2.13, a whip of 0.948, struck out 165 batters in 135 innings, and walked 33. And he also allowed only five home runs. This was his only full minor league season. He pitched one game for the Tacoma Rainiers this season a few days ago, going five innings and allowing four hits, one run, and no walks, while striking out five. He threw 67 pitches in that outing and tossed 74 pitches in his final start of minor league spring training a couple of weeks ago. So he's not going to be able to go deep in tonight's game as he is not stretched out. The Mariners had said all 
all along that he'd be up at the big league le- uh, level in the rotation at some point this season. I never imagined it would be this soon, and I don't think they had that notion either, at least not until the pitching staff was decimated by injuries. With the bullpen being as overworked as it is, and with the starting rotation by and large being inconsistent, the M's need a fresh arm. Gilbert obviously provides that, but this is also obviously much different than just calling up any old arm from the minor leagues uh, for depth. In his double uh, A stint in 2019, he started nine games, pitched 50 innings, and compiled a 288 earned run average, higher than his ERAs in A and Advanced A, but that was to be expected. His strikeout strikeout rate, pardon me, was similar to his Advanced A strikeout rate, and his walk rate really wasn't all that much different than it was in the lower levels, but still a little higher. His WHIP was still under one though, at 0.980, lower than his Advanced A whip, and his hit rate was also lower than it was in Advanced A. Gilbert was a first-round draft pick by the Mariners in 2018, the 14th overall selection out of Stetson University in Florida. I don't think anyone really knows what to expect from Gilbert tonight against Cleveland. They're not a very good offensive team, and they've been no-hit twice already this year. Their slash line is similar to the Mariners' slash line, albeit with a higher slugging percentage. They've recorded the fewest hits in the American League and scored the, uh, the third fewest runs. Now to the young outfielder Jared Kelnick. First of all, his name. Almost everyone says Kalenic, but the Mariners broadcasters all say Kelnick. Plus, there have been multiple articles on MLB.com in recent days pointing out the proper pronunciation of his name. At least this one is easy, unlike Kikuchi or Shagwa, uh, which I've attempted to master and failed. Particularly Shagwa, who I just call the avocado, because my roommate said that gua is like guacamole. So, in any case, Kelnick was also drafted to the first round in 2018, as Mr. Gilbert was, but not by the Mariners. He was taken number six overall by the Mets and was traded to the M's after that season in the deal that sent Edwin Diaz and a certain PED-tainted second baseman to the Mets. He's hit just about everywhere he's been. He played in two different short-season rookie leagues in the Mets chain in 2018, where he slashed 286, 371, 468 in 251 plate appearances. After moving to the Mariners system, he played in three levels in 2019, as Mr. Gilbert did, A, Advanced A, and Double A, and accumulated a slash line of 291, 364, uh, 540 in exactly 500 plate appearances. He struggled somewhat in Double A, which the Mariners organization was fully expecting, slashing 253, 315, 42 in 92 plate appearances. He did hit six home runs for the Arkansas Travelers in 83 at bats and 23 home runs in 443 total at bats across the three leagues in which he played. He also hit 31 doubles. He did strike out 111 times, which is actually considered above average these days, above average in a good way, but for me, that's still too many. He started the AAA season in Tacoma this year like a house of fire. In six games, he slashed 370, 414, 630. Two homers and 27 at-bats. He's also regarded as a good defender, has a good arm, and also has the range and speed to play center. But he'll play left field for the M's, as center field is Kyle Lewis's domain, and Mitch Hanniger is a good right fielder. 
He'll be facing Zach Plesak tonight, a six foot three, two hundred twenty pound, twenty six year old right hander who will be making his eighth start of the season. In thirty six major league games thus far, Plesak has a three four one earned run average, a one point oh seven six WHIP, and has allowed two point three walks per nine. He has struck out seven point five per nine innings and has given up seven point four hits per nine innings. This season, he has an earned run average of three eight three, and in four. Innings, he's allowed seven walks and four home runs while striking out 31. He has a season whip of 1.025. He is a nephew of former big league left hander and current MLB network analyst Dan Plesak. And as I mentioned, Barry Zito was a typical offbeat left hander. Dan Plesak certainly fit that mold as well. But Zach Plesak is right handed. And in the minors, Kelnick has faced, fared better against righties than he has southpaws. But the same can be said for almost every single left-handed hitter who's ever played. The 40-man roster is going to have to be shuffled to make room for these two young gentlemen. I talked about the possible roster moves to accommodate Kelnick specifically on yesterday's program before it was announced that Gilbert would be joining him. I'm going to revisit that topic on the other side of the impending break. But first, if you have a question or a comment, please send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I'll, re- I'll read it. Uh, I will not read it on the air. Clive Braithwaite to the fourth will read it. And I will reply to it. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and encouraged. Doesn't have to be about baseball. Doesn't have to be about sports. Anything that's on your mind, go ahead and send it in. And it'll probably make it on the show, you know, unless you use foul language or something like that. Or talk about the one topic that is off limits and that is politics. That is one topic that will never be discussed on the show. I don't remember where I heard this. It was long before I got into podcasting. But if you talk about politics on a non-political show you're automatically going to piss off half your audience. That is something I'm not willing to do. So that's why I have that rule, and I'm talking too much again. Coming up, who is going to be sent to the minors to make way for Kelnick and Gilbert? If it's Kaya Lewis and Yusei Kikuchi, I'll eat my left shoe. But first, some vital words of importance. The first one from Sports Trade. Hey gang, have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. Count them. Two factors. That's all Almost three factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old-fashioned supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. It is simple economics. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside. We've been talking about them all show. I'm talking about Gilbert and I'm talking about Kelnick. Or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer, like Mitch Hanniger perhaps. Instantly buy and sell Uh, as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market, then watch your players battle and watch your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. And of course, this word from BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the action at Bet Online. And remember, the PBA playoffs conclude this weekend, although I don't know if bowling is on this platform or not, quite honestly. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to uh, Bet Online and uh, check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore for this one either, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. This is going to be a rather quick segment before we, before we wrap up for the day so I can get some sleep. The Mariners are going to have to clear two roster spots on the 40-man roster for both Gilbert and Kelman. It sounds to me as if L.J. Newsom is headed for the 60-day injured list. His elbow may require Tommy John surgery, but he's also considering having a platelet-rich plasma infusion in lieu of surgery. I have no idea how long the recovery from that would take, but with an elbow problem that's serious enough to even have to think about Tommy John surgery, it may behoove the Mariners to transfer him to the 60-day DL, especially since they need the roster spot. However, if they keep him on the 10-day injured list, there aren't many pitchers who would be good candidates to get designated for assignment to clear roster space. Uh, the most obvious one that I can see looking at the 40-man roster is Domingo Tapia. He pitched a couple games with the M's this season. It wasn't impressive. Other than him, maybe Johan Ramirez, uh, Rule 5 draft choice from last year. He's got electric stuff, a downright filthy slider. But he also has control problems and walks a ton of hitters. The only other pitchers on the 40-man roster who are not at the big leagues right now are Sam Delaplane, Joey Gerber, and Juan Thin. And I don't see the M's designated, designating any of them. As for Kelnick, I talked about the possibility of moving Newsom to the 60-day disabled list to make room for him on yesterday's show. But now with two roster spots needed to be cleared, at least one person is going to have to get DFA'd. I'll reiterate what I said yesterday. I think the two most likely candidates are Jose Marmalejos or Braden Bishop. However, it could be Jack Mayfield, whom the M's acquired a couple weeks ago, I think out of the Angels system, as a waiver claim. He's not a prospect. He's 30 years old already. He's more or less minor league infield depth. Bishop has not progressed offensively as I thought he would or as the Mariners had hoped. However, he's an excellent defender and a great base runner. He's the best center fielder in the M's chain, defensively that is. On the downside, he's already 27. He'll be 28 in August, so he can't really be considered a prospect anymore either. Marmalejos' offensive struggles have been talked about on this program a lot. I don't want to rehash them at this time, so I'll be brief. He can hit. He proved that. But he also hasn't made the necessary adjustments to be successful at the big league level. That is the difference between players who make a career out of hitting and those that don't. The ability to make adjustments. However, Marmo plays both first base and the corner outfield spots, though he's really nothing to write home about defensively at any of the three positions. If Marmalejos is the one to be DFA'd, that also opens up a roster spot at the major league level for Kelnick. If Bishop or, or Mayfield are designated, then I would guess that Taylor Trammell would be the one to get sent out to Tacoma. 
Honestly, gang, he could use regular at-bats, and he's not going to get them with the Mariners of the big league level right now, and he hasn't been getting them uh, recently either. Looking at the pitching staff to try to guess who'll be sent out to make room for Gilbert um, on the Major League roster, that is. I think your guess is honestly going to be as good as mine on this one. Robert Duggar, perhaps. Maybe Wyatt Mills. Aaron Fletcher needs more minor league seasoning, but he's left-handed. So they might want to keep him at the big league level simply because of his dexterity. Eric Swanson, perhaps, but he's been good. And I would personally like to see him stay with the Mariners. Whatever winds up happening in terms of the roster, it is going to be an historic night of Mariner baseball. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating. But it's certainly the most anticipated games the M's have played in years. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. That point cannot be overstated. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Uh, There was a gentleman in our locker room conversation last night who got tickets to tonight's game when it was reported that Kelnick was going to get called up earlier in the week. And he winds up getting a twofer because now, because no one knew that Gilbert would also be called up. I personally have nothing to compare this to. I was at Chris Snelling's Major League debut in 2002, and the bus ride over to the stadium with my friends was rather fun. We knew he was going to be making his big league debut that night, and I, I was very excited. For some reason, I'm less excited about Kelnick and Gilbert making their debuts. I cannot explain why. I'm looking forward to it for sure, but I don't think I've reached the point of excitement. Maybe it's because the Mariners are so bad, I don't know. But it's probably because in the last 20 years or so, I've just learned not to get real excited about anything, baseball-related or not. Uh, Well, that was not the note I wanted to go out on, but that's what I'm stuck with, gang. We will be recapping this important game on tomorrow's show. It's already the end of the week, and I have yet to do a mailbag segment, um, which I've been kind of holding off on for a couple of weeks now. Depending on how much there is to talk about uh, in the game tomorrow, I may hold it off until next week. Either way, joining me tomorrow will be Henry Warnemont, Kermit the Frog, and a steak. Also, since it's a special game... I have arranged for a live musical performance by legendary jazz saxophonist Charlie Parker. You will not want to miss that, gang. So download, rate, and follow Locked on Mariners so you never miss an episode. Look for us on any podcasting app that may happen to spring into your brain head. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoy tonight's game. I... I almost said I know I will, but it might be a 26 to nothing blowout. Who knows? I sure hope not, but I will certainly be uh, watching Logan Gilbert and Jared Kelnick making their Major League debuts. Again, the most anticipated Mariners game in years. Enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a nice day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.